Good evening. I would like to thank you for letting me have this opportunity to be able to speak out of God's word with you tonight. Let us first pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you, O Lord, for everything which you have done before us this week. We praise you and honor you and glorify you for all your manifold mercies which you have brought before us, O Lord. Lord, bless this reading tonight and allow people to be able to understand. Open people's ears and open their hearts. Give soften their hearts tonight to be able to understand and hear what you have to tell them, O Lord. Lord, we ask you all in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, we're going to be looking at rebellion. Can anybody tell me what rebellion, the word rebellion actually means? Well, rebellion is open or a violent opposition to an established government. Tonight, we're not looking at the worldly rebellion in a worldly setting. We're looking at it in a spiritual perspective. Rebellion against God. So sin and the natural state of man So sin is, the, and is our natural state of man, what, how we stand before God. And then we're going to be also looking at what the Lord did to restore fellowship with him and who's also found guilty before the Lord. Rebellion first happened in heaven when Satan made war with God. Satan wanted his throne. He, he opposed God and in his pride made war. And as a result, was cast out of heaven. And as the scriptures tell us, now that he roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour and deceiving the whole world to rebel against the Lord our God. When man sinned against God in the garden, in paradise, we we inherited rebellion. Our natural state is a state of rebellion. We don't like the sovereignty of God in his kingdom. The reason is because we want to be rulers of our own lives. We want to do things ourselves. We're proud. And through that, we have offended an almighty, loving God. The Lord is the perfect essence of love. He is pure love. And it's only through his love that we can love others. But our natural state, we can't truly love anybody. We don't know how. And because of our sin, man is disgusting in the sight of God. He can't look at us. Therefore, we're separated from God because of our choice in sin. So this might, this might be difficult for some of us to grasp because there can be the kindest person who in our eyes, let me repeat that, in our eyes, in man's eyes, hasn't done anything wrong. And yet, still fall short of the glory of God. The reason is, is because we are conceived and born in sin. And and because of sin, the consequence is death. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is sovereign over the entire world. He created it. He's the king in whom we should worship. You can find that throughout scripture. He is God. I grew up in a church that practices religion. 
I've had a lot of experience with some religious people. It can be quite interesting. Some people might tell you that, well, you know, we haven't experienced any sign of salvation. They look for, they keep looking for something. Others will tell you that they can't be saved. And, or you have the other group that says, yeah, I'm, I'm not saved. And they don't seem to have any interest in it. Yet they go to church. The question is, why are you here? Why is the desire to come to church, to come hear the gospel? And if, if you come and listen, why are you not believing it or trusting in it? Is it not justification by grace through faith? There is nothing we ourselves can do to obtain salvation. But yet, we, we come to church and our ears are just plugged. Sometimes we just need to pull out those earplugs, maybe clean our ears. Because maybe the Lord's trying to tell you something, but you're just not willing to listen. He speaks through us through his word. He gives an invitation to everyone that is willing to listen and harden not your heart. I urge you to put your faith and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. Not in anything else. Not your feelings. Scripture says your feelings can be very unreliable. Or anything else that can take your your mind off of the Lord Jesus. According to Scripture, if we confess our sins, as David did in Psalm 51, he is faithful and just enough to forgive us of all our uncleanness and all unrighteousness. Let's actually turn to Psalm 51 together and we're going to read it right now. So Psalm 51 is actually a prayer from David when he, when Nathan the prophet told him and confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in, my mother, in, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest the truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me know to make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold, and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and the whole burnt offering, when thou then they shall offer bullocks upon thine altar. What a beautiful prayer. That's a prayer that we should be praying every single day for all of us. It's a, it's a prayer of humility and confession. Every day in a believer's life, we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And it's not easy. And it becomes, and it's increasingly becoming more and more difficult. However, according to Scripture, whosoever shall persevere to the end shall be saved. You're going to face opposition from the world. And people are going to say very hurtful things. They're going to want absolutely nothing to do with you. They're going to basically turn your back and just leave you. They want nothing to do with you because you're not part of their system anymore. You don't agree with their lifestyles. But the question is, who do they hate? Is it you? Or is it the one living inside you? Well, they're against Jesus. Because Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is the one who lives inside you. Because he convicts people of their sin. He points that out. And he shows you where you stand before God in, his, in judgment. He shows you of that sin that you love and cherish so much that you just don't want to let go of it. All that secret sin. Because you think it bl- brings you pleasure. He shows you everything. The things that are even stopping you from seeing the glory and love of God. He shows you everything. We're not saved by anything what we do, our works. We're not saved by our good works. We're saved by faith unto good works. By faith unto good works. You cannot obtain salvation by anything we can do. We like to try. And we all try. And we all fall flat on our face because of it. In our natural state, we're a miserable creature. Sin doesn't make us happy. It's, it's deceiving to think it makes you happy. It only brings pleasure for a very short time. But in reality, do you know what sin actually does? It will destroy you. It makes us miserable and empty. I know for those of you who don't know the Lord Jesus, there's a hole inside you, an emptiness inside you that you just want to fill. 
I was, not, I was in that place not that long ago where I kept searching for worldly things. I was into cars and stuff, and I tried to use everything of the world to try to fill that void, that missing, that emptiness I had. But nothing could just fill it. I always had it there. It was just nagging at me. I just felt empty. No purpose, if you want to so call it. But the Lord showed me something. He said, nothing's going to fill it. Nothing. Nothing in this world. You can look at anything in this world. Nothing will ever be able to fill it. Nothing. But the Lord Jesus can. Your sin will always lead to death. And you want to know what happens to those who die, who have rejected the Lord Jesus time and time, who just refuse to believe, who don't want to believe, or just not interested in it? According to Scripture, they will enter eternal torment. Eternal? Without end. Forever. They'll experience the infinite wrath of God without limit. There's no more pleasure. There's no joy. You will be eternally separated from God. So no more peace. Rebellion is sin. Rebellion is sin. Anything that you have done or I have done that would have offended an almighty loving God is, would be an act of rebellion. We know. God has given us a consequence. And according to scripture, if you keep in habitual sin, that means going against what God has said. And we all know that we're guilty. He said that he's given us a conscience. And some of us just keep ignoring that little voice that says, nope, don't do that, nope. He will eventually, God will eventually just leave you alone. He'll just give you over to yourself. Where then you will burn in your own lusts. You can find that in Romans 1, 18 to 32. By continuing in your sin, you have separated yourself from God and have chosen not to have any relationship with him. When Jesus was crucified, we were all here, all of us here, we're sitting there mocking him. We're laughing at him. Well, some of us say, well, I wasn't born. How could I have possibly been there laughing at him, mocking at him, mocking him? Well, reality is, it was you and I who were, we're, we're, all, we're the ones guilty of crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ because of our sin. All of it, all of our sin. We, because of our sin, we've crucified Jesus. We're not worthy of his grace. We're not worthy of salvation. However, it's because the Lord loved us so much. He loved us. We're, in, we're, we're a speck in this whole universe. We're insignificant, but yet we have found favor in the sight of God. He loved us. That he gave his only son... Jesus Christ, to bear the iniquity, to take our shame, our guilt, and to bear the wrath of God in our place. I couldn't do that. But he did. 
He didn't deserve it, but he did. So does that mean when we come to faith, does it mean we'll be right away perfect? We'll be saints right away? No. No. Every single day we must contend with our old man of sin and crucify him. You have to kill him. And every single day. And we, t- to be able to allow the Lord to sanctify us. And sanctification is a lifelong process. It's the cleaning of the pollution of our sin. We can't do it ourselves. We're weak. We're unable to stand by ourselves. That's why the Lord lives in, lives in us by His Holy Spirit. He's the one who does the work. He is our, the Lord is our strength. He is our hope. He is our everything. But some people think that Jesus, you know, He just belongs to be just a, a part of my life, you know. Off to the side, just right here. That's fine. I only talk to Him, come to Him, and ask Him whenever, whenever it's convenient to me. And then once we're done, yeah, we're just going to just put them away. Just go away. It's fine. We don't want it. It's because there's something that we just don't want to let go of. There's sin. It's something that we're holding on to, sin. We want to worship him according to our will. It's called will worship. It means I want to worship him on what I want to do. It's not what he wants. It's what I want. It's not the way he wants us to do it. He clearly, he clearly laid it out for us in his word. You know where Jesus belongs? Not here. Not just off the side like a book we can just put away and take him out when we need him. He belongs here. Central. He's the first one we should come to every single day. As soon as we wake up, we come to before the Lord. To seek, to ask him for his help, his guidance, so he can give us the strength to get through this day. Anytime that I miss a day where I don't do that, my day ends up completely miserable. It's horrible. Everything goes bad. Everything that can go wrong goes wrong if I don't do that. And then at the end of the day, we should come to him again. And just to praise, honor him, and glorify him for everything that he has done. And to confess any sin that we've committed in that day. And you know what? We should actually be praying through the Lord continually throughout the whole day. Every single day, the whole day. Pray without ceasing. Especially when we face challenges that we, that we don't necessarily have to handle. We might think we know how to handle them, but we don't. We try to do everything ourselves. And then something goes horribly wrong. So does anyone know who exactly would be guilty of sin? We all are. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. However, God in his loving kindness came down from heaven in the flesh and dwelt among us. He endured sin and temptation. He was, he was confronted with 
all the same temptations that we are confronted with daily. But yet, he didn't sin. He was perfect. He handled everything perfectly. And yet, because of our sin, we're, in, we're guilty of condemning him to the cross. But he had to be condemned to the cross for our filth and our sin. You can find that in Isaiah 53. He lived perfectly. He was the spotless lamb. What the blood of bulls and rams just couldn't do, well, they would only just cover like a wallpaper, just covering that crack, you know. And then five years later, you'd have to recover it because it would show through again. No, he completely washed our sins away. He, he completed it. He was the spotless, perfect sacrifice. He suffered the wrath of God on the cross because of our sin and dealt with it for us. Three days later, he rose from the dead because death could not hold him. Now he is alive forevermore. At some point in all of our lives, we're guilty of offending an almighty loving God. Confess your transgressions and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he died for you and he rose into glory to make intercession for you because you want to know something? For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can we all say this together? It's in Romans 8. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But do you know, how about those that are, who are not in Christ Jesus? What about them? Well, for those who are not in Christ Jesus, they're condemned already. They didn't believe. If you don't believe, and Scripture is very clear from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we're commanded to believe. And if you don't believe, you're condemned. Trust and believe in Jesus Christ. Time is running out. Darkness is increasingly growing. It's getting dark out there. Every single day, you hear on the news about some of the new bills that governments around the world are passing, which are going against what the Word of God says. We don't know when our, the time of our death is. There's, I've, been, I've, I've been told and I know of people that have just suddenly passed away without warning. They came home from work, they lied down, and they passed away. They didn't wake up anymore. No one knows. You can go home tonight on your way home if something could happen. Or if you go to sleep tonight, you, who knows, you might not wake up. But make, the thing is, is that we have to make sure that we're right with the Lord. Stop putting it off. We don't know when Jesus is going to return either. His scripture says he will come as a thief in the night. No one will be expecting him. Deal with your sin in the Lord. Repent. 
while for a while the kingdom of heaven is still at hand. You still have time today. You're still in the time of grace. Harden not your hearts, but come to the Lord. There's no excuses. None. All of you who don't want to listen, there's no excuse. You come to church every single Sunday. And if you were to die tonight, there'd be no excuse, none. Come before the Lord before it's too late.